Hallelujah. I like to call Palm Sundays the celebration before the resurrection. Amen. It's one of the greatest expressions of faith in divine providence. Hallelujah. Where the works of redemption are concerned. Because we are actually celebrating what the Lord has done before man saw it. Before it came into full manifestation. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Say, we honor you, Jesus. Say, we celebrate you, Jesus. Say, we appreciate you, Jesus. Say, say, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's get into the word of God. I'm all revved up, excited. Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. Ready to go. Ready to go. Like Pastor Tinu said, make sure next week when you come, you have a good kiss for her and a good gift for surviving 29 years of, 29 years of marriage to the man of God. She deserves, she deserves, in fact, you deserve more than one kiss. You deserve five. <laughs> Just plant three here, plant two, plant another three, plant another two. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. 29 years. Amen. And we're only just getting started. Hallelujah. The future has never been brighter. Ever. Hallelujah. The grounds are just being prepared. Glory to God. So good. So good. This is such a good season. All right. I want to preach the word. I don't want to talk about the season. But I'm, I'm just happy and it's overflowing, right? So, you know, when, when your cup is running over, when it's overflowing, it's very difficult to keep it. You can, you know, I can try, I can do my best to try to act prim and proper and try to be anointed. I will be anointed whether I try to be or not. But, you know, I can try to look the part. But it will come out. What is inside will come out. <laughs> if you've been listening to our Bible studies on um, Wednesdays, the teachings on, on God's guarantee for success and, and divine, divine guidance, it's amazing. What is inside will eventually come out. So you've got to make sure your assignment and my assignment is to make sure That when we have the opportunity, when the Lord gives us the opportunity, we are availing ourselves of that opportunity. Taking it all in, receiving it, receiving it. Because what you want is you want to be full of success. Inside first. Don't be running after success outside. Because the one outside will dry up. Sooner than later, if whatever success you experience outside... If there is no ever-flowing river inside, it will dry up. But when you have that ever-flowing river, like Jesus said, talking about the Holy Spirit, he was talking about the Spirit, he said it will be like a river flowing out of them. Success is one of those rivers. When you have that river flowing out of you, my friend, you can never dry up. The earth around you cannot get dry and die out. But you will still be standing strong like the palm tree. Hallelujah. Bearing your fruit in season. Bearing your fruit in season. 
bearing your fruit in season and out of season. Sometimes you will bear fruit when people think you shouldn't be bearing fruit. <laughs> Some people think the time of fruit bearing is over, but you will still be bearing fruit. Because the river of God is flowing out of you. Somebody say, I have the river of God. So, so let the Lord do a work. I'm not sure which of these secular singers so many years ago was uh, one of those songs I really used to like. As uh, I think even after I got saved, I continued to sing that song in secret. Uh, there's something inside so strong. Who was, who was that person who sang that song? Well, yes, it was, it was, yeah, something inside so strong. Yes, I, I used to listen in secret. Nobody, you know, I, I used to hide it under my Bible. <laughs> but after, after I, I got, after I got really intimate with the Lord and that song will come out, actually some of my messages, you know, I'll find myself saying there's something inside so strong. There's something inside so strong. Apparently it came from, from, from that song that I heard as, as a young man. And, and that thing inside you that is so strong is the covenant of God. Amen. When that covenant is, that co- your covenant with God is the strongest thing there is in the universe. And when that covenant inside you is that strong, my friends, you are set for life. You are set for life. I mean, walking in the realms of the supernatural. Uh, uh, we've never had it this good. Hallelujah. I want you to go tell it everywhere. Abundant life has never had it so good. Tell it, let the whole world know. Shout it on the mountaintops. Abundant life has never had it so good. The spirit of God, the presence of God, the Almighty God is so fresh, is so near, it's so close. Revelations flowing like streams from heaven. Abundant protection, abundant provision, abundant increase, abundant revelation. I'm still celebrating this week. I'm still celebrating this week. And... Um, you know, last October during our anniversary, I told you the week leading, those of you who attended our anniversary services, I have to go and go back and listen to the Friday service again. But I know that I preached about this. I talked about this because the week leading up to this anniversary, the Lord said, one of the things the Lord said to me was, um, I want you to expand your global missions work in Asia, expand it to Pakistan. And I know I talked about it in that service. And without mentioning that to anyone, immediately there was some connection, some contact, somebody, you know, some inquiry from Pakistan. And we tried to pursue. I told um, Pastor Stella started helping us pursuing that. She pursued that for a while. It kind of came on, went off, and eventually we just thought, this is not as strong and as reliable as we want it to be. But that word kept ringing. Expand your global work to Pakistan. And I'm not sure if it was this week, this past week, or the week before, that then we got another contact, another um, inquiry from another ministry that's asking to get into partnership with us from Pakistan. 
And this time I asked um, just so that, you know, we could do a lot of a thorough work. Pastor Stella is doing a Greek work, but she's in, she's in Ghana. She's in Africa. So I don't know how much, you know, internet, all these different things, you know. So I asked Pastor Emmanuel, go and research this. And he researched this this week and brought us a report about it. And, and uh, in, in the next few days, we're about to send out an official letter of partnership to this organization in Pakistan. It's going to be our first step in that nation. Remember, it's just a door. And, and Pastor Tinu was reminding me yesterday that actually many years ago, there was a prophecy during one of our watch night services that something about Asia. I didn't remember too much the details of it, but as she said, it is just so much registered within my spirit, certainly registered with the word the Lord gave to us last week, uh, last year in October. So, abundant life has never had it so good. Everywhere across this nation and everywhere across the globe, everywhere that the Lord directs us, there are supernatural things happening. We have never been this blessed and endowed by God to be a blessing to mankind. That is what life is about. Life is not about acquiring things and, yeah, God will bless you. That's a, that's a byproduct of the blessing. Remember God said to Abraham, go for your advantage. And then he said, you dispense God's blessings to the world. So when God calls you, his primary purpose is to use you to bless the nations of the world. Abundant life has never given as much as it is given today, ever. And when I say that, that means a lot because we gave from the very beginning of this ministry. When we had nothing, when we were, we were just a group trying to find our feet, trying to lay foundation. Immediately, we had a missionary in the nation of Syria alone, Sister Gabriella. She's in heaven now. I believe she's in heaven and, and I believe every day she, she, she reminds the father. Bless abundant life. Bless abundant life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Sister Gabriella, actually, there were times when we brought her into our congregation. I think there was maybe a couple of uh, international day services. We brought her in and she shared about her work. And, and, and behind the scenes, you know, sometimes things got very tough where she was. And, and all sorts of... And, and, the Lord just helped us to continue to stand with her. We weren't doing it because we wanted somebody to give us money or somebody to enrich us. No, we were doing it because that was part of our calling. And, and today, what started as one missionary. There's so many missionaries around the world connected to abundant life today. Hallelujah. One of, one of my dearest friends, one of our dearest brothers in South Africa. If you, if you are familiar with the Calvary Productions um, uh, missions group out of Nigeria, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the, the missionary organizations that's so widespread around the, around the nations of Africa. And um, years and years ago, when we first went into, into the ministry in Zaria, um, this precious brother, brother, brother Chimeze and his wife, Ibidun, um, also went into missions and went into missions under Capro. And uh, I think it was last year, two years ago, you know, when as you know, we were doing something because obviously we've partnered with them and now they're, they're 
you know, he sent a message recently that, you know, some, some things happened in, in Mozambique. I think it was Mozambique. Is it Mozambique or Madagascar? And that's an open door for them to even do more in that area. And I said to him, you are going to hear from us very soon. They usually hear from us every, every resurrection week. I say, you are going to hear, and this time we're going to do more than we have ever done. But, but you know, uh, years ago, I remember uh, we were celebrating and talking, and what the Lord has done for them was telling me about where their children are now. It's amazing because their children actually were about the same age as our daughter. They were all born about the same time. And he was reminding me. I totally forgot about it. He was reminding me that almost 30 years ago, I'm not sure if it was their second daughter, was it their second? His wife had some complications, precious sister Ibino. She had a lot, she had some complications. They had to rush that little baby. But it was very close to where we were living in Kaduna at the time in Nigeria. And Pastor Tinu helped give a reference to a particular hospital, a teaching hospital very close to us, where they attended to that woman the baby was born safely. Every, he reminded me, do you remember almost 30 years ago, you guys were a part of the safe birth of our baby. Hmm? They came all the way from the mission field in the rural area where to, to us, from the villages. I, I did not even remember. Abundant life has never had it so good. <laughs> this, this is, this is, these are no longer days of, you know, sowing seeds, waiting many months for have. No, the harvest is chasing us, is chasing us down, and now it's overtaking us. And now it's overtaking us. I'm not here preaching my Palm Sunday message. So. I may not get, I may not get to preach it. I just told the Lord, you know, I'm just going to celebrate, whatever. You know, I mean, I have a full, I don't, I don't have to say anything. But when you live here, you'll be full. You'll be full of vision. You'll be full of dreams. You'll be full of passion. You'll be full of the blessing covenant. Something will happen to you. Somebody say, I'm a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Say one more time, I'm a beneficiary. Of the mercy of God. This happened and Pastor Tino reminded me about it. It was, um, actually it was last month in February. And in our Indian mission, as you know, you know, we continue to do as the Lord tells us. And for, for a few years, we have needed to add more people um, and add on to the min- missionaries that were working for us in the nation of India. Some of them were already working. We just needed to make a few more resources available to them so that they could continue their work there. And I had held out for so long, held out for so long. And finally, I couldn't hold out any longer. So towards the end of last year, thank you. Thank you very much. I I didn't need it before. I need it now. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Towards the end of last year, you know, finally I said to them, yeah, enlist those ministers because we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put them on, on a regular sustenance, regular fund, regular salary kind of thing so that they can continue the work there without worrying about the resources they needed. We didn't have 
money. We didn't have any increase. I just said it. Make that commitment. And so they listed some of these new ministers. And, and then I gave them my word. And I said, we are going to start. We are going to start officially this support in January. It's not like there was any increase, any natural thing I saw anywhere. I was just, just walking in the spirit and walking by faith. And in fact, we had a lot of needs that really I shouldn't be making promises to anyone. <laughs> but here comes January. And then, you know, even if I forget, uh, our field director there will not let me forget. <laughs> he starts sending the messages. And, and one of those times, so we sent one, you know, and then the next message, I remember there was um, a message we got. I was traveling. I saw it on my rest area while I was kind of just checking to make sure I wasn't missing anything. But we had skipped something. They were waiting. We had skipped a particular uh, a set of resources, funds that we were supposed to send. And we just did not have it. Although we were gathering things, believing God, we, at that moment, we just did not have it. So I stood in that parking lot on a Saturday afternoon. I said, Lord, you told us to do this. This is not our thing. I mean, we're already doing, if, whether we do this, whether we don't, it doesn't take anything from us. It doesn't add to us. We're doing this for your glory. We're doing this because we want to get this gospel across the nations of the world. If we can't do it in this little place where doors have already opened to us, how are we ever going to get to the other nations of the world? I said, Lord, I'm putting this in your hands. This was Saturday afternoon. On Monday, mind you, I did not say a word to anyone. Monday or Tuesday of the following week, so that was about three or three days later, the Lord went and spoke to someone out in Florida and told them to start sending us funds. For missions. And they said, for missions. And this is all within the last month. And so now I can tell you without blinking, without batting an eyelid, they are taken care of. And the new additions we ask God for, the resources are coming. I tell you, they're coming. It is totally amazing what the Lord is doing. I mean, this is no longer you pray and then you have to wait six months. The prayer was done on Saturday afternoon. The Lord, and I don't know how long the Lord has been working in Florida, you know, and I'm sure the angels of God are working everywhere. There are some of you he's been talking to, you are, you are waiting, you are delayed. Hear the Lord. <laughs> Hear the Lord today. <laughs> Let today be your day. <laughs> Repent today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I know, I know a few, a few weeks, a few services ago, I was preaching. I said, you know, I was laughing about it, but there was a part of me that was actually serious. I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was, you know, I, I, I said, I, if, if, if I tell you I need $40,000 today, somebody said, 
I think it was Dickinson Gossip. She said, yeah, it's coming. I said, I don't want the one that is coming. The one that is inflation will turn 40000 to four to four four dollars Uh-uh. I want it now. I said, write me a check of 40000 She said, where we, can you take a check by faith? I don't want check by faith. I want. <laughs> My friends, vision in God will keep you alive. Vision will keep you young. Vision will keep you young. Once you get out of yourself, and then through all of this difference without even planning, God goes and gives us miracles and blessings that we did not even ask him for. And then he turned around and said, he's talking about himself. He said, that's my reward to you for putting me first all these years. We did not even ask for it. not even ask for it. You are a beneficiary of the sure mercies of David. Say with me, I'm a beneficiary of the sure mercies of David. Look at it right there in Mark chapter 11. <laughs> he said, uh, Pastor Tino read this earlier, so a scripture reading. Look at towards the end of that, Mark 11. Look at it, verse 7, they brought a call to Jesus. And cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way. And others cut down branches off the trees. And straw them in the way. And they went before. And they that followed cried saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Somebody shout Hosanna. Shout Hosanna in the highest. Do you know what Hosanna means? Look at it right there. It says blessed be the kingdom of our father David. Do you know what Hosanna means? Hosanna means save us. It means prosper us. It means have mercy on us. They were crying exactly the same thing that others through the ministry of Jesus had cried out to him. But this time it was different. They were celebrating him. They were celebrating him because Jesus was the full manifestation of the sure mercies of David. The promises that God had made generations ago. I know we heard during the offering uh, promises 500 years ago. Yeah, but there were promises even long before then to David. When he said, I will see to it. You will never lack someone to sit in your kingdom. And my mercy will never depart from them. And based on that assurance, David got up in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5. And he said, is it not my family that God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with us. That everlasting covenant was manifest and consumed in Jesus The consummation of the everlasting covenant that God made with David was consummated in day in Jesus. And so on this day, they went out and they were celebrating him. 
But at the same time, they were saying, Lord, as we celebrate you, remember and save us. Have mercy upon us. Somebody say with me, I'm a beneficiary of the sure mercies of David. Jesus was the connection that made the promises that God made to David a reality in my life and in my generation. You and I today are due for a celebration. Do you know that? You are due for a celebration. You are due for a celebration. Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday, what part of what we are celebrating today is what God promised us. We are having this celebration ahead of the resurrection because part of what happens when you receive the mercy of God is you become celebrated. Someone say, I'm due for a celebration. Say, this is my season for celebration. Oh, Jesus. The sure mercies of David. When God spoke about himself to Moses, he introduced himself. Look at this right here in Exodus chapter 33. It's the sure mercies of David. He spoke it out ahead. When I declare who I am, when I declare my covenant, my covenant comes by virtue of my mercy. I want to show you something right here in this scripture. Look at Exodus chapter 33. I want you to look right there at verse, verse 18. Moses said, I beseech you, show me your glory. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will be, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. Wait a minute. Moses did not ask for mercy. Moses did not ask for grace. What did Moses ask for? I beseech you do what? Show me your glory. I beseech you Lord show me your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. God said. I will cause my goodness to pass by you. And I will show you my mercy. He goes on further in verse 20. He said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and you shall stand upon a rock. I want you to know Jesus is that rock. He said, and it shall come to pass while my glory passes by. I will put you in a cliff of the rock. And I will cover you with my hands while I pass by. I will show you my mercy. Mercy is the only thing that qualifies a natural human man to be able to sit by the side of the almighty God that has no sin or blemish. That cannot behold iniquity. And allow that man to sit there and not be consumed. The Bible says it is because of your mercy that we are not consumed. And further down there in Exodus chapter 34 from verse 5. says the Lord descended in the cloud and he stood with him there. And he proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. 
keeping mercy for thousands. You are one of the thousands God has kept his mercy for through the generations. And because of the work of Jesus, you are now a beneficiary of the mercy of God. You are a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Jesus broke the rule. Jesus broke. He shattered the rule. Some people earned the mercy of God based on certain things. But some people were totally left out of that mercy based on other things. Look at this verse. Even while God is promising that he keeps mercy for thousands, in this same piece of scripture, even while he's promising he will forgive iniquity, he will forgive transgression and sin, right in this same scripture he's saying he will by no means clear the guilty. Do you see this? He will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. And upon the children's children. And unto the third and to the fourth generation. By virtue of a father's sin. By virtue of parents' waywardness. Through the generations past. Many children suffered. Even in our days. By virtue of the evil lives of parents. Children can suffer. Parents can put their hands to covenant with evil. And because of that, their children can suffer. It is called generational causes. Some of the things that happen in the lives of children is not because of the children. It's because of their fathers. Their fathers made a deal with the devil. Their fathers made a covenant, knowingly or unknowingly. They opened doors in the spirit. And those evil spirits that came into their families plagued their children. Whether their children knew it or not. But Jesus broke the rule. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I got to do this. I'm loving it. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. People like me don't deserve to preach the gospel. No. People like me do not deserve to preach the gospel. The family that I came out of. I mean... All sorts of evil and worship of evil, knowingly and unknowingly. And those curses follow them through the years. Premature death. Failures of every kind at every level. Bondages and yokes. The doors were open to the devil and the devil just came in generation after generation. I remember this past week. I called one of my dear brothers. He's older than me. I started asking, tell me about this person. I just suddenly remembered names. 
of people that I, I, I was young. I saw them growing up. They were uncles and aunties. And I said, tell me about this one. I called him. Yeah, oh, do, do you don't remember him? I said, yeah, what happened to him? He died mysteriously. So what about that person over there? What happened to her? Oh, that one, you know, she, you know. And when, when he finished, I turned around and I said, thank you, Jesus. I am a beneficiary, my friends. <laughs> I'm a beneficiary of the sure mercies of David. I don't deserve to stand behind any pulpit and preach the gospel. I should have been lost and forgotten forever. My life, I, my life should have been totally stamped off the surface of this planet. But for his mercy. He cleared the guilty because of his mercy. He cleared the children because of his mercy. The sure mercies of David arose and spoke on my behalf. The sure mercies of David arose and declared me innocent. Hallelujah. The sure mercies of David arose and the Holy Spirit put a new anointing upon my life. I do not deserve to be anointed, but God anointed me with the precious anointing of the Holy Ghost. Because of the sure mercies of David. The mercy of God qualifies you to experience the goodness of God. The mercy of God qualifies you to experience the goodness of God. And then the grace of God enables you to maximize that goodness in your life. <laughs> the mercy of God qualifies you to experience the goodness of God. And then the grace of God enables you to maximize that goodness. It is grace that enables you to get to the top of the mountain. It is grace and grace alone. You can't get there by talent. You can't get there by skill. You can't get there by education. You can't get there by human connection. It is by grace and grace alone. Grace is what enables you to go from the bottom of the elevator, ground one, floor one. And to get to the very top. Ground 100, floor 100. It is grace that enables. Grace is that enable, is that, is that elevator that carries you. You just stand in it and, and that elevator moves you. It just keeps moving. All you do, you just keep looking at the numbers counting up. You just keep looking at the numbers counting up. You just stand there and wonder, wow, this is me. God is elevating me. I'm going up on the elevator. Grace carries you. Grace carries you. Grace carries you. My friends, but it is mercy that opens the door to the elevator. Mercy grants you the right 
code to enter into that elevator. And when mercy opens the door to the elevator and the elevator starts carrying you, my friends, you will not recognize yourself. It is grace and grace alone. Some people will even look at you and despise you because what they knew about you, you don't qualify to be where you are. What they used to know about you, what they knew about your family history, what they knew about your background and your education, what they knew about your past, you don't, de- you don't deserve to be on that elevator. But my friends, mercy opened the door. Mercy opened the door and then grace will elevate you and grace will elevate you. And by the time you get to the top of the elevator, even you will not recognize yourself. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for grace and mercy. God will never take his mercy away from you. You are a beneficiary of the mercy of God. You are only alive, my friends, because of the mercy of God. Do you know how the enemy planned to snuff out your life? When you were unsuspecting, you did not even know what you were doing. He planned to snuff out your life, to kill you, destroy everything that God ordained concerning your life. But it was mercy that kept you. Even when you were unaware, mercy was working. Mercy was working. I've met a lot of foolish people in my life. Many of them sit in the pews of churches bragging and boasting about who they are and what they have. My friends, let me be very honest with you. Mercy is the only reason you and I are here today. I've seen a lot of foolish people talking about what they deserve and how and what. It's their right, it's their this and it's their that. My friends, mercy is the only reason you and I are here today. If God was to take away his mercy, even your breath, your next breath is not guaranteed. The mercy of God is the only reason the systems in your body work like they should. The mercy of God is the only reason why there's breath in your lungs. The mercy of God is the only reason you have a sure tomorrow. The mercy of God is the only reason you know you will make it. You know you will get to the other side, my friend. The mercy of God, the mercy of God is... Tell your neighbor, say you are a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Say, don't abuse it, don't abuse it, don't abuse it. Don't dishonor it, don't dishonor it, don't dishonor it. You are a beneficiary of the mercy of God. He said in Psalm 103, verse 7, He made known his ways unto Moses, 
his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers we are but dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. Verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto their children's children. The man that was titled Blind Bartimaeus was the last person Jesus confronted before his Hosanna episode. Before he sent his servants out into a city to go get him a cult that no one had ever ridden on. His last experience was with a man called Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. That's my alarm going off. I got to close anyways. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was the last person Jesus confronted. Before all these people started coming after him and laying, putting their clothes on the floor and, and shouting Hosanna to him. And all those people were really not saying anything different from what blind Bartimaeus was saying to him. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. It says they came to Jericho and he, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to do a little run through your concordance. Somewhere this week, if you remember, I pray you remember. And read all the stories from the Old Testament, but especially in the New Testament, where people were crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Why? First, why were they calling him Son of David? Because Jesus was the consummation of the promises that God made to David. 
Why did they follow up by saying, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Why blind Bartimaeus? He's a blind man. Son of David, he started to cry out. And everyone around Jesus said, shush, shush, shush. Don't bother the procession. This is a dignified procession. But blind Bartimaeus will not be quiet, my friends. If you will not be quiet, if you will cry out for the mercy of God, your life will change forever. Son of David, have mercy upon me. He could not be quietened. No matter what is going on, if you will lift up your voice and say, I know what I need is the mercy of God. I don't need a man. I don't need connection. I don't need a letter. I need the mercy of God. I need the mercy. Now, the mercy of God will raise up a man for you. The mercy of God will create connection for you. And when the mercy of God raise up a man for you and create connection for you, you better don't turn it down. Because if you turn it down, you lose access to the mercy of God and you carry your load the rest of your life. Somebody say, I'm a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Say, I'm not proud. Come on, say, I'm not proud. I don't have a sense of obligation. I am a beneficiary of the mercy of God. The mercy of God is everything that I am. The mercy of God is responsible for who I am. The mercy of God is responsible for everything that I have. I am a beneficiary of the mercy of God. How many people will be like blind Bartimaeus today? Lift up your voice and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says Jesus stopped. As he cried in verse 49, verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Do you know? When you know the place of mercy and when you cry out for mercy and when you appropriate the mercy of God, God will stand still for you. Do you know God will stop everything to pay attention to you? God will stop everything to pay attention to you. Somebody say, I'm a beneficiary of the mercy of God. No, I don't know about you. The mercy of God is the only thing that will see to it that the promises of God concerning your life are established. And once you contact the mercy of God, you are due for a celebration. Hallelujah. Once you receive the mercy of God, you are ripe for a celebration. Oh, Jesus called him. And what did he do? He threw away his old beggar's garment. He threw away. He was not yet. He had not received this miracle yet. His eyes were not open yet. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto, be of good comfort. Rise, he called it for them. That's, those were the same people who were telling him, shut up. So be careful how you listen to the world. The same people who will sing your praise will be the same people who will tear you down. The same people who will say you are the best thing that has ever happened since pan- pancake was discovered. They are the same people. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> they are the same people that will bury you before you die. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me. Say to your neighbor, he is a beneficiary of the mercy of God. I think it was MC Hammond that sang, MC Hammond that sang a song. You, you can't touch, don't, don't, you can't touch this, right? Look at your neighbor. You cannot touch this. He is a beneficiary of the mercy of God. I'm preaching better than you are shouting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The same people who told him, keep quiet. Well, the same people who told him he's a answer, he's a prayer answering God. <laughs> Didn't you know he's a prayer answering God? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Did I not tell you he's a prayer answering God? Well, just a couple of minutes ago, they were the one telling him, keep quiet. Don't mess up the dignified procession. <laughs> now they said, did I not tell you he's a prayer answering God? Say, God, deliver me. God deliver me for double-tongued people. Hallelujah. Double-tongued people. They laugh when they look at you. But like the psalmist said, inside of them, sharp swords. They can't wait until you fall down and die. But listen, you are a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Nothing can touch you. No man can do you wrong. No man can do you evil. Shout hallelujah if you believe it. They look at you, they say he's proud. She's arrogant. Who is she by the way? What does she know by the way? But then when God gives you a miracle, they say, did I not tell you he's a prayer answering God? <laughs> did I not preach that message to you? He's a prayer answering God. Why were you not listening? When I was telling you, he's a prayer answering God. Somebody say, I am a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Let's close this out. When you receive the mercy of God, you are due for a celebration. Blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called him, saying, be of good comfort. He called it for thee. Mm -hmm. And he cast away his garment. And he rose up. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered him, what do you want that I do for you? Jesus knew he was blind. Jesus could see he was blind. Why is he asking him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Jesus, I know you can see that I'm blind. You are not blind like I am. He was thinking that inside his mind. He didn't say it out. He said, I know you can tell I'm a blind man. I need a miracle for this blindness. I just need a miracle for this blindness. Jesus, I know you can see what is wrong with me. I know you are the son of David. You are the son of God. There is nothing that is beyond your knowledge. You can see. He said all that inside. But then when he spoke to Jesus, he said, Jesus, all I want is that I may see. I just want to see. I just want to see. I want to celebrate. And I want to be celebrated. I'm tired of begging all my life. I'm tired of living this patch, patch life. 
This life that is going nowhere, like the prodigal son. I just want to be a part of that celebration again. I just want to hear the sound of music again. I just want to hear the voice of my precious father. His arms wrapped all around me, comforting me and telling me, welcome home. Welcome home. My friends, you are due for a celebration. Stand to your feet today, wherever you are. You are due for a celebration. My friends, you are due for a celebration. Like the father of the prodigal son, Jesus has been waiting. The father in heaven has been waiting for you to realize mercy, mercy has been reserved for you. Mercy has been reserved for you. And to come get it. Come get the mercy that has been prepared for you. Come get it. Be hungry for it. Be passionate about it. Refuse to give up on it. Come get it. There's mercy is waiting for you. There's a reservoir of mercy. It's been waiting for you. Come get it. Come get it. And the moment you get it, you are due for a celebration. The father of the prodigal son, he said, he said, put on him the robe. Put on him the golden ring, the signet. Put on, go on and kill the fatted calf. Kill, give him everything, the best that we have. When his older brother came, he said, what are we doing? They said, the servant said, your father is throwing a party. What are we? Said he said your brother came home. He said my brother came. We are saying, but I have always been home. He said, well, mercy is at work. Mercy is at work, my friends. Mercy is at work for you and for me. Whatever you need, like blind Bartimaeus, that celebration that Jesus had on the way to Jericho. That is your celebration too. As they wave the palm and as they put their clothes out on the ground for him to walk all over. And as they lifted up their voices and shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. This is your celebration too. I don't know if you know what Hosanna means. It means save us, prosper us, have mercy on us. I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy today. Like I needed it yesterday. I'm not too holy for the mercy of God. I'm not too anointed for the mercy of God. I'm not too blessed for the mercy of God. I need more mercy today than I have ever needed in my life. And like blind Bartimaeus, I lift up my voice and I'm crying, Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, have mercy upon me. And when you appropriate that mercy, you are due for a celebration. Go ahead and enter in faith into your celebration today. Somebody here needs to commit their life to Christ completely. Maybe somebody here in this room, maybe somebody online. 
needs to rededicate their lives to Jesus and cry out like blind Bartimaeus for the mercy of God. This is your moment. Don't lift up your nose in the air and act like you got it all, like you have it going on. There's mercy reserved for you today. Come and get it. Come and get it. If there's someone out there who is not living a life of quality, quality devotion to Jesus, this is your moment. Wherever you are. Somebody who wants to enter into a brand new relationship with Jesus. You want to experience a higher level of God's covenant in your life. Somebody somewhere who wants to get on that elevator at the ground floor and get all the way to the top. Wherever you are. Just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I acknowledge before you that I am a sinner. Without you, I will be a failure, an everlasting failure. But I know you, Jesus, you went to the cross of Calvary. You paid the eternal price for my redemption. I know you, Jesus, guaranteed for all of my existence on this earth and through eternity that I will enjoy and experience the goodness of God. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you today. Come on in. Have mercy on me. Forgive me every sin every waywardness every way in which I've missed the mark have mercy upon me give me a new beginning come and be my Lord and Savior Holy Spirit fill me to the full with the river of God with your mighty presence give me a new name a new covenant beginning change my destiny forever release me from every shackle and every yoke every generational curse every bondage release me completely in the name of Jesus I invoke the mercy of God concerning my life concerning my family concerning my future Concerning my destiny, I invoke the mercy of God. I lay hold on everything that Jesus Christ died to fetch for me. Father, I give you praise. I thank you because from this moment onward, I know I'm forgiven, I'm saved, I'm redeemed. I'm justified. My day of celebration is right here, right now. 
I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Lift up your hands and bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise that he alone deserves. Give him the praise that he alone deserves. Hallelujah. I am a beneficiary of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.